Okay, I have going, I'm rolling, I have my drink, I have two people here. Uh, let's get this going. Dan, time for the tradition. I'll go first. What there you got are. there? Um, I'm going to the area of Eglinton and Mount Pleasant in Toronto this week for the Granite Brewery. It is one of the older craft brews in Toronto. Uh, I believe there was one in Halifax originally, but they're now in Toronto. Um, I'm having their Irish Irish Stout. Wait, Irish Porter or Irish Stout? Hang on. Irish Stout. Um, and, fun fact, it's where I got married. Great place oh, to get married. Oh, lovely. Open bar. Uh, and it was it, it was the most affordable place in all of Toronto to get married, essentially. So, uh, cheers. And now, Dan, what do you have? Um, well, I feel a bit like I kind of cocked out last week by drinking what is practically a soda water in a Miller Lite. Um, so I feel like I should glug something a little bit more interesting this time. So I've got something by a brewery called, I'll probably absolutely butcher this, uh, Dimor Slurtle. They call themselves beer engineers. And it's called Rusty, and it's a uh, 8% brown ale. All right. So, so by the end of this, we're going to be great. I know, I've already had two beers before this as well, so I'm either going to fall asleep, I had early start today, or I'm going to uh, get a bit of a buzz on, we're going to find out, aren't we? Where's this brewery? Somewhere um, in Alkmaar in the Netherlands. Oh, okay, so you're going you're going far abroad. Uh, so now today we are going to, uh, I think we technically have to whisper this, given geopolitics, Spain! Just don't tell people in Bilbao. So Dan, why don't you introduce who we have today? So, uh, we're extremely lucky to have today uh, Kirsten Fleming, who is a senior writer in the New York Post, um, an excellent feature writer. Um, I'm always in awe of her ideas, and um, also the candidness that she draws from her interview subjects. I'm always you know, absolutely amazed by how she does that. Um, she must be a very trustworthy person. From my experiences, she is. So, you know, thanks for coming on, Kirsten. And uh, most importantly, uh, how are you and what are you drinking? Um, I am a total embarrassment compared to you guys. If I was going to do this properly, I would have gotten a nice bottle of cider from the Basque Country, but I'm in New Jersey where I can't find that. So I have a Blue Moon Mango Wheat, which is uh, like a really fruity, girly beer, I think. So cheers. I'm an embarrassment. Cheers. Well, in Canada, we, for some reason, it's not Blue Moon, it's Belgian Moon. So I'm not sure why, oh. but... There you well, go. When in, when in the U.S., we go blue. <laughs> well, and um, I suppose I should give a little bit of background to how I know Kirsten. So I, I met her in um, Seville. Uh, we're both there actually covering El Gran Derby, uh, which is the fantastic rivalry, or some would say Spain's best rivalry yeah. between Real Betis and Sevilla. It's a really incredible time. Um, but through talking to Kirsten over there, and also, um, actually, the Monica, who was showing us around the place as well, who was originally from the Basque Country, I just became really interested in that area from what you, know, what you were saying, Kirsten, what Monica was saying, and also, in particular, Bill Bow. Um, you know, yeah. if, if you could just um, maybe explain to the listeners about you know, why you have ties with Bill Bow, and, you know, is this a place that you often visit? Yeah, um, so my grandparents are from right outside of Bilbao in this really tiny, small fishing village called Mundaka, which is now one of the most famous surfing spots in the in the world. So like people come from all over the world to go there. It's a, it's a really, it's, it's absolutely beautiful, but it's about, uh, about an hour, 40 minutes, something like that from Bilbao. So that's the city that my grandparents were married in. 
It's the city that I fly into every summer when I go there. It is a place that has um, just, it really resonates with me just because of my, my family ties. And it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, there's, there's, it is pretty magical city. I know people like to compare it to um, San Sebastian, but uh, Bilbao is, uh, is pretty magical in terms of like what it has culturally. And for me, I am just a sucker when I'm there. Cause I'm like, I know that I'm walking where my grandparents walked, where my, my families have walked generations before me. So I like to go there at least once a year, not this year, obviously, but yeah. Now, uh, just to get this out of the way, considering the Basque country sort of, uh, I guess, independence movement, do they consider themselves or did your family consider themselves Spanish or Basque? So it's really strange. So when my grandparents got married, they, I, my grandfather's family didn't really love my grandmother's family because it was during the Spanish Civil War and my grandfather's family's fiercely Basque. Like if you tell me that there's, you shake the tree and there's a few ETA members in there, I would not be surprised. They are insane about being Basque, whereas my grandmother's family uh, was not as crazy militant about it, you know. Um, but also when they were growing, when when my mom was growing up, and you know my grandparents um, were even growing up, they really didn't name kids Basque names. Like after Franco died, that's when they kind of really adopted. They they put K's in everything, and they replaced all the C's with K's. Um, they really kind of revamped things. So uh, my family is extreme. My mom has always said, you're Basque, you're Basque, you're Basque. Like it's extreme pride, but I have so much other family in Spain. So we're just, I, I just have a lot of pride in both of them. So it's, uh, I guess it's a complicated answer, but I, I, I have so much love for, for the Basque country and for Spain in general. Yeah. Very, very diplomatic of you, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> From how you've explained it, it's a very, very distinct culture there. I mean, I suppose, I think we say this quite a lot, but, you know, let's get the football out of the way. Um, so, Athletic Bilbao, um, the lo- local team, they've actually got eight top flight titles and the fifth most successful team in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that obviously sets them apart from everything else is that they only have players from the Basque country, from Navarra. Is that pronounced right, Navarra? And the uh, and the Basque country in France, they only hire players from there. So a French example would be, for example, um, a Merrick Laporte who signed for Manchester City a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's super. Unique. And I kind of did a little bit of maths. Um, it's not my best subject, but um, I worked out it's they're kind of picking from a pool of just over four million people. Yeah, which it's is incredible. Which is kind of yeah, it's incredible. It's like the equivalent of the Detroit Lions picking from the metro- metropolitan population of Detroit, yeah. which, you know, they, they would be even worse if that was the case. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, this is in- incredibly unique. I mean, were you, when did you become aware of just how unique Athletic Bilbao, Athletic Club, or whatever you want to call them, were compared to well, the rest of the world, really? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it's it, there's something so unique about it, and I think that people don't necessarily understand. Listen, La Liga, especially in the in the states, people don't necessarily. Um, it's not it's it's not like the the people you know know more about Premier League and um, and the Italian teams, and so I, when I tell people, oh, I'm an Athletic Bilbao fan, like they they just kind of don't even know what the heck I'm talking about, and then to narrow it down and to say what they've accomplished. They've never been relegated. It's, it is, uh, it's just an incredible club with incredible history and they have an amazing stadium and 
even with Inyaki Williams, you're familiar with his story, right? Yes, yeah, but maybe just give us a quick uh, synopsis for those who are listening. So Inyaki Williams is is uh, his parents were born in Africa. He grew up in Pamplona and was discovered by somebody, one of the clubs, um, in in like locally, and they they put him in the system. And essentially, if you're, if, it doesn't matter if you're actually blood as Basque, as long as you were raised in the area, you're eligible to play for the team. And Inaki Williams is the second black player to take the field for Athletic Bilbao, and he's been a runaway favorite and has changed the, the the culture of the club. And I think people really root for him. They love him. And he has said there's there's a great ESPN profile on him and the larger culture of the club by Cade Kritschko, who I actually became friends with after reading reading it because he was an American in Bill Powell writing the story and I happened to be there at the time and we met up for a drink and he um so he wrote this amazing profile on Inyaki and and really like he told Inyaki said that you know in his blood he feels Basque you know so even though he is looks nothing like anybody you know I mean there's a lot more Africans that have that have come to the area so it doesn't look like it did 50 years ago or 40 years ago but He's this transformative player in the club, and he's he's a super quick striker. He's got incredible speed, and he's just this beloved player. And I think it just also speaks to as much as the team is steeped in history, they're also very willing to embrace change, and within the parameters that they've established. You know, so it doesn't matter if you're if you're black, you're white, whatever. It doesn't matter if your last name is Ipaguire or Williams. You know, you you're born there, you're Basque. You 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 have a shot. So it's it's pretty unique. Yeah, I mean, I know they signed a um, Romanian player a couple of years ago, but I think he's already been, uh, he's already moved on, uh, Christian Ganea. And I think he got into the club because between the ages of 11 and 18, he played for a few clubs in the Basque region. One, I believe, was Basconia, who I believe think have quite strong links to the club. I like how, like, um, you know, almost innocuous how this policy came in. I mean, it was in 1911 and um, they were being accused by the Spanish Football Association of fielding ineligible players in 1911. So just to avoid uh, that confusion, yeah. they said, you know what, we're just going to play players from this region. It's like cutting off your nose started. to spite your face. Yeah, it's like, oh, look, fine, then we'll just take people from the backyard. <laughs> yeah, pretty ridiculous, but just, it's worked out. I, yeah, it just wasn't just a few years. That that was it, you know. And okay, yeah, we're gonna stick with this for the next. Well, what is it? Um, 111 years yeah. since then. So there yeah. we go. <laughs> and they've kept it, which is so great. You you mentioned the uh, the stadium. Uh, the, the how do you say it? San Mamas Stadium. San Mamas. San Mamas. What's yeah. what, what's that like? What's an atmosphere like there? So it's it's fantastic, and it was built in. Um, it was. It opened up, I think, in 2013. So it replaced the old stadium. It's got over over 54, I think, that it seats. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it it has like the half covered roof, so the noise level in there is is amazing. And it's just a sea of red and white stripes. And and for me, like you know, to hear them sing the fight songs in Basque and these songs, that it's just, it really like swells a little bit of emotion. Um, and uh, the first time I went was in, I think it was 2015, I saw them play the opening game against Barcelona. So I really wanted to go. My brother was leaving that day, so he couldn't go. So I took my mom and my Tia Pili, who's like, Tia Pili's like 81. So like I took them and like made them stand like right behind the goal and we got, you know, we got great seats. And it was, it's just like, it's just such a nice atmosphere. It really, really is. But the, 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 the volume is, is pretty significant. 
It's very loud. Now, I've read that uh, if you're visiting Bilbao, it's probably not a good idea to wear Real Madrid or Atletico Madrid <laughs> kits. Um, but I'm then looking ahead, and, and the Euro was, uh, Spain was supposed to have yeah. a, a couple of games there. Like, what, what reception does the Spanish national team get there? It really depends who you talk to. I, you know, like when I'm wandering around my grandparents' village, which again is very small, and everyone has the most ridiculous last name that you could possibly imagine. Like my mom's last name is Tudibazado Bay, like just, you know, like tongue twisters, and, and it, it, men are still wearing their boinas or like their berets. And uh, they like, they were cheering when Spain got eliminated in the last um, <laughs> World Cup. And they have a that Basque. They actually have a national, a Basque national team. So it, it's this like again, it's this like wacky um, team that they have that um, that that people compete for. But but yeah, like they're just. It depends who you talk to, really. I mean, a lot of people like to shit talk. Like, oh no, this isn't. You know, we were so happy when they lost. Like they were the the bars were cheering. And um, but. Uh, for the most part, I, you know, you don't really see people aren't like burning Spanish flags in <laughs> effigy or anything like that. It's I, I think people are pretty copacetic, you know, for the most part. But but yeah, but they definitely cheered when they lost. I believe uh, Catalonia has its own sort of national team, too, does it not? I don't know. I'm not really sure, actually. I feel like and I could be wrong, but I feel like uh, like Catalonia was They've, they've said, oh, we've had a separatist movement for a while, but that's kind of just kicked up in the last few years, mostly. You know, they've had like... This old hat, yeah. Yeah, like it's like, okay, they just... I feel like they just copied off the Basques. They were like, eh, we're, we're spending too much money, sending it to Madrid. We need some of this money back. <laughs> and it's a monetary decision. And I'm sure that if somebody if uh, somebody hears this, they're going to send me hate mail for that. But um, the Basques invented the separatist movement. And that's, I think, they're the, they're the ones who... <laughs> <laughs> really resonates with. Yeah. <laughs> so I no, I kind of no, I'm kind of guessing that Athletic Bilbao are the most quintessential Basque atmosphere you can get. Um because, you know, obviously the signing Basque only players policy, Real Sociedad used to run that from uh, mm-hmm. San Sebastian, but they actually ditched that in nineteen eighty nine when they signed uh, John Aldridge, which to me is not exotic in the slightest. Um Scouse replaced for Ireland. Um, but you know, he he didn't last long there. But they also like hired John Tosha because the manager who had a Liverpool connection, and actually yeah. much later, much later hired David Moyes, um, the former Everton manager. So a bit of a Merseyside connection. So I suppose you know Real Sociedad aren't as dead set in their Basque ways, whereas Athletic Bilbao are. I mean, does mm-hmm. it seem like a very Going to watch Bill, uh, Athletic Club is it is it like a quintessentially Basque experience? It, it, does it can you feel the tradition around there? You can, no doubt, no doubt. And I've seen, I've been to, I guess, um, I've seen them play Barcelona there. I've seen them play. I've seen the Basque Derby, so of Derby. So, um, like two years ago, I think I saw them play Sociedad, um, and then I've seen them play Leganes, and. Um, yeah, it just, it just, it, the flags, you know, like it's, and, and they even have the Basque flag on their jersey. Like there's, it, it, it feels like it's a, it's such a must do if you're going to be in the city. Like if you really, really want to experience Bilbao, like that is such a quintessential part of the Basque culture, you know, and, and, and it, just to see like, again, like everyone has like the chapelas and the boinas and like, and, and the, and the Basque flags. And it just, it, it feels like, if you don't go there, you're really cheating yourself. If you really are interested in in the Basque culture, like 
the, it, it is just, if you miss it, you're stupid. That's all. Sorry. That's, that's my, I, I don't let nothing else to say. Good way to put I'm it. Like, but, uh, yeah. yeah, but are the, um, you know, because you, you know, there's a separatist movement um, and, you know, obviously when we were down in Andalusia, we were having like, a, you know, beers with the fans before the game and they were, you know, such a great laugh and so welcoming. Yeah. Are the, are the Basque people super, a little super bit welcoming. more... Super welcoming. They're not, they're not a little bit, not a little bit more insular than the rest of the, the rest of Spain, no? I mean, you would think they are. I mean, listen, down south, there's it's southern hospitality. I mean, it, there's no doubt about that. There's different personalities. There's different ways of being, um, and they're a little bit more warm and hey, like kind of kind of what you think of that southern hospitality. And in the north, they're a little bit more sarcastic and but they but they're very welcoming. There's it's it's not. It's not like um, I don't know if everyone's taken the taken the separatist thing, you know, too far. They're they're extremely welcoming. They like to um, they like to take you in. They like to to talk to you at bars. I mean, it's I I, I always find them to be wonderfully warm people. Not like down south. Down south's a different different thing. But, Sarca- but yeah. sarcastic is my kind of people. Oh, super sarcastic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Now, now in and around match day, you know, Bilbao is close-ish to the water. What, uh, what, are, what, what would people tend to be eating around match day and then other times? Like, what's, what's the typically sort of Basque Bilbao kind of food? Well, they have, they're very famous for their pinchos, for just their um, – you go around, you can get those really ornate tapas, a lot of seafood. Um, I don't eat meat. So I am a dis- yeah I'm pretty a pretty disgraceful. I don't eat meat and I don't eat cheese and I hate aioli. But I eat tons and tons of t- like any any pincho with like tuna, shrimp. Um, they have really good grilled sardines. So it's it's something for everyone. But they do have you can go just get these like there's no need to sit down to eat in Bilbao. Like you, you know you you can do it. It's it's you, you know you might want to do it for a midday lunch, but just graze all day. That's the best part. It's just popping in, picking little, little pinchos off the, off the plate. And they are, it's not as Michelin heavy as, um, San Sebastian, but it is pretty Michelin heavy. And they do have lots of really ornate fancy because the best country is the belly of the culinary movement, you know, around the world. So there, there's so there's more, I think there's more Michelin star restaurants per capita. So there's some sort of stat there. And they they're very serious about their about their food. So um, I prefer the seafood. But yeah. Oh no, I, that sounds great. I mean, I've actually been reducing my own meat consumption, but uh, uh, I could I could survive <laughs> on what you what what you eat over there too. And besides, Michelin stars are can be overly pretentious. Uh, I, I as sort of in a random aside, I've been to the cheapest Michelin star in the world in Singapore. But it's kind of a lie because it was a it was like a food cart, just a food stall in Singapore, mm-hmm. and then they opened like a, a bricks and mortar type restaurant with the address, and it was it was not good. <laughs> it, and I, and then I read reviews after, and people said they this is not what got them famous, and it was kind of a screw job. Um, and they sort of conned the dumb tourist in with like we're the cheapest Michelin star in the world. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it was a giant lie. I'm just going to jump back into sort of more the, the geopolitical side of things. Now, uh, the Basque country, a lot of that, it, it goes over the border into France, does it not? There is mm-hmm. sort of Basque population yep. on both sides of the border. What's Have you gone into France where you're sort of like, these are my people as well? <clears throat> um, I have been into France. I've been to uh, Biarritz. And it is funny because you do, um, you, it, 
they're not they don't speak Spanish. So it's it, that's like a real mind, you know, mind trip because. But then you meet, you know, you start talking to people and they're like, no, we are Basque. So like I have had that experience where you meet some very, very fiercely Basque people in Biarritz. And, um, and I, there's a girl who has a, has a blog called Hella Basque and she's a based, I think she's based in San Francisco. And so her dad is actually from France and he's, so, so she's Basque through, she's French Basque. And so she has this whole big like Basque culture blog and and loves to like do explainers and loves to do like you know I think she does tours around California but yeah so so like they are just as crazy bass but I'm just not as familiar with you know I've only been over to the French bass country once or twice so it's not necessarily like something but it looks quite similar like this is the same same style of houses same style of um you know just like in in general like the architecture the, the the structure of the towns lots of farms and um you know sort of that that coastal culture as well so yeah but it is a very strange thing i think the saying was there was a saying like in seven we are one in cespe cespe is seven in basque we are one and i think it's the i think it's like the three in france and four in spain or something it's yeah so it's they they definitely try and have a a, a message of unity for sure. And and is there uh, uh, there is a Basque language, is there not? Oh yeah. Yeah. And is it is it on both sides of the border or, in, or or is it like different different Basque? Yeah, in they have little they have little dialects and I, I just learned this <laughs> uh, on different sides of the border. And I mean, God bless you if you know how to speak Basque. It is ridiculous. But my mom always said, Oh, I don't speak Basque, I don't speak Basque and she just like comes out with these phrases constantly. So I feel like she totally lies. Like she just, she'll, we'll finish dinner and I'll, I'm, I'm getting out the door and she'll be like, oh, look at you, John Descapa, John Descapa. And I'm like, what are you even saying? She's like, that's eat and run and bask. Like she has all these little things that she says that I think were always ingrained in her, but she she always says, oh no, I don't I don't speak a lick of bask. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's so difficult. There was a, a great um, uh, article in National Geographic, probably in the 90s. And the guy who wrote it, it was, it was all about, the Basque country. And the guy who wrote it was a linguist. And he said, I thought I was a linguist. I think he spoke eight languages until I tried to learn Basque. And they call it the devil's, the devil's language. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't make any, it doesn't, there's no real roots to Spanish. Like you'll see, there are some words now because they'll take like words that aren't modern, that, that, that they didn't have like modern words for. So like battery is like pilak. But pila is battery in Spanish. And, and, and peel in French is battery. And then they, so yeah, so they put a K at the end of it. So <laughs> they make a Basque. But <laughs> thank you in Spanish is obviously gracias. And then thank you in Basque is esqueriasco. And welcome is angiatori. Um, uh, gabon, uh, gabon is good night. Um, egunon is good morning. So there's, there's, there's just no... There's such weird words. Gure is is uh, is our. So Echea is house. So when you see et and, and and they use the tx right. So when you see etxea, the tx is pronounced ch. Now, sort of jumping back in on Bilbao itself, it's the home of uh, Guggenheim Museum. is is a big draw. Yeah. You said people who don't go to see. Um, you know, the local club are stupid. What else are people stupid if they miss? 
Well, you have to go to the you have to go to the Guggenheim because the Guggenheim absolutely transformed that city. So, it, you know, in the early 20th century, it the, a lot of money comes out of Bilbao because they were building all the ships there. It's an industrial city, and the river that was was um was a big part of of the industry there. And then it became pretty crappy. You know, fell in hard times, and um, in uh, 97, the, the museum was completed and that the river cleared up, um, you know, art and commerce came there. So they had the old part and then this is like the, like the newer part and it's absolutely magnificent. And they have a Jeff Koons puppy that they call the poopy, uh, flower structure outside. And it, it it's great. I've been there probably like seven times. Like I still go when I'm there, even though I've been there and I probably don't care what's inside, but I just feel the need to go inside. But they do have Richard Serra. They have some stuff that's that's pretty permanent. They have some rotating stuff that's pretty amazing. And uh, yeah, it, dude, it's just awesome. It's it's like it's it is like magnificent. And you come you come over the bridge and you see it and and, the, and there's like mist coming off off the river some days and I I get teary eyed like when I when I like when I see it because I know that I'm there and it just it's it's like it is like the the landmark that lets you know that you're in Bilbao so it's is fantastic but yeah it totally changed the city totally changed the city turned it into a cultural hub no doubt no you mean you completely sold Bilbao to me I think um, I think I wouldn't mind taking like a slight diversion before we finish which is um, I would love to go to San Sebastian. I know I disappointed mm, you by... So... by me- yeah, I, I messaged you recently by saying I wanted to get a Real Sociedad shirt uh, with David <laughs> yeah. Silver on the back. Yeah. And you were very, you were very, you were quite upset with me, but then you did admit that San Sebastian's just stunning. I mean, uh, like, what would you... A brief, uh, you know, a brief synopsis of what that place is like. It's like the Rio of Europe. It is... It has this beautiful... Um, they call it the Concha, the shell-shaped beach that is kind of like, um, what's it called in, in Rio? I'm like, I've been there before and I can't remember Copacabana. Like, uh, they, it's, it has this like beautiful beach. It's, um, it's, it's big, very, very big surfing culture. And that's another thing too, in the Basque country, surfing culture is extremely rich. And, uh, and the food there is the, you just have these windy old streets that you wander through and you eat pincho after pincho, you drink, you, you hang out in the, in the streets. You don't, you know, you take a drink and you wander over to another bar and it is, it's such a robust culture in that sense. And then, like I said, like the beaches is just magnificent and they have their big international fancy uh, film festival every year that draws tons of stars. And it's right, you know, it it just, I, I took my friend there who she's, she's been to Spain with me and my brother a few times. And what we do generally is we meet in my grandparents hometown for a few days and then we decide what we're going to do. So I said, you've never been to San Sebastian and it's, they, they call it Denosia in Basque. And she was like, she's like, I was like, why don't we go there? And she's like, Oh, okay, whatever. And she was like really willy nilly. And she doesn't eat all she eats is chorizo. Like she has no, <laughs> the culinary arts are going to be lost on her. She drinks Diet Coke in the morning. She's disgusting. <laughs> and so we made reservations for two nights and we got there and she, we went to the first bar. We sat down, we had, we had gotten a handful of pinchos and gotten some drinks. And she looked at me and she said, two more nights. I was like, what? <laughs> she goes, we need at least two more nights here. And I think we spent three more nights there. So you just, 
you feel it there. It is, it's, it's, it has a real, real lively feeling there. Like I said, everyone's out and about and eating and drinking and, and it's, it, it's a little bit more lively than Bilbao in that sense, for sure. And then the beach. Is section. it like, is it like it's affluent cousin or like what, what are the main distinctions between Bilbao and San Sebastian, would you say? Well, one's more on the, on the, the water. And so it has that beautiful big beach, whereas Bilbao doesn't have a beach. They just have the river running through it. So uh, that's a huge distinction. I really think, like, again, Bilbao is more of an industrial, urban-type city, whereas San Sebastián is more like it has that old... And you've been to old Spanish cities where it has... A, and yeah. Bilbao has an old part, too. But this is this is like a little bit more significant where you kind of just get lost in the in the very old streets and these really old restaurants and... Uh, and then on the water, it's just magical. There's two really big beaches there too. So it's not just the main beach, the Concha beach, which is very storied and has all the beautiful white railings. There's another beach that's more of the surfing beach and, uh, and yeah, and they have a, like a funicular that goes up where you can overlook the city. There's like an old little kids, uh, amusement park on the, on the top of the mountain. So there's a lot of really cool vistas, whereas Bilbao doesn't necessarily have that, you know, it's kind of tucked into these these green mountains in the valley and that's and that's what that is so they're they're very distinct geographically and and culturally too so one last both Bil- worth a visit one last bilbao question if i may mm-hmm. uh really quick i'm not one for sort of the overly tourist places uh is what's what's bilbao like it seems you know when people visit spain it's you know, madrid barcelona yada 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 uh yeah is it does it too get too crammed in with tourists no I'm no. sold. It feels, it feels yeah. <laughs> like occasionally you'll see someone and they're from Kentucky and you're like, huh, what, what are you doing here? But it's, is so it, you really feel like you're transported and like you're in a place that you're not, you know, like Barcelona, you're just bumping into people from all over the place and it's totally different that way. And you're not going to, you're not going to feel like you're flooded with Americans. You, you really feel, or, or Brits, no offense, Daniel, um, but <laughs> oh, they're everywhere. It, yeah, exactly. So it is this little nook, I think of Spain that a lot of people do know about and they love it, but, the, but it is, it's not it's not like a best kept secret or anything like that but it it still has a little bit of a, a raw feeling that you're scratching into something that is still preserved i would say very nice no that sounds amazing and, and I, I do intentionally avoid billy be- no beer belly the <laughs> brits when i go abroad um, they they have ruined numerous pockets of spain <laughs> they um, have they they English football fans they, we, Dan, you say we. Yeah, you know, I am not part of that matter. I don't support the England national team, definitely wow. not. No. Um, so, so, yeah, no, no, I don't. I supported uh, Iceland at the Euro 2016. And, really? Um, and Peru at the last World Cup. So, uh, yeah, I don't support England national He's team. He's a self, so, yeah, self-loathing I, Englishman. Yeah, so uh, I'm all over Bill Bow. Sounds like heaven. Yeah, no, it's great. It is great. And um, like I said, Mundaka, I can give that one last plug. That is the best little, most beautiful fishing village. And there's a lot of places like that around. So day trips are very, very easy to make where you can see. Kednika is another one where the bombing was. Um, there's Gecho, which is right. It's literally right there. 
So you can do commuter rail very, very easily to get to all these beautiful beach towns. So that's another reason why you should go to Bilbao. It's like you know me so well. Easy, easy to get around with trains and commuter rail. I'm set. <laughs> yeah, it's super easy. Buses, commuter rails, it's great. So it's fantastic. It's very, very easy to get around. It's easy to navigate. And the food is phenomenal. And the people are really lovely. So Works for me. Should we wrap this up yeah. while we still have time, Dan? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know we're on the uh, time parameters of a Zoom call, which uh, everyone's everyone's familiar with during this lockdown. Of I know, right? Um, Click. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, at least we're not doing a family quiz. They are the worst. Um, so, um, so Kirsten, honestly, this has been absolutely fascinating. Uh, your insight is, you know, incredible. Um, you've definitely sold it to me. I was thinking of going to this area of the world when it's safe and I desperately want to go there now. So massive, massive thanks for coming on. Yeah. Well, ha- let me know. I'll plan it for you. Great. Thank Looking you. Looking forward to having you. <laughs> All right. Great to see too. you. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks Kirsten. We'll wrap things up, Dan. And if we run out of time on our zoom call, Dan, uh, that was a really good one and uh, we'll see where we go next time. Okay. I'm, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Take care guys.